everyone. Tonight, I would like to take you into the heart of the Emerald Triangle, Garberville, California. The first time Bob and I went to Garberville, we arrived after 10 p.m. and we were so hungry, we were starving. However, they had rolled up the sidewalks by then and there was no place to eat. And that was that. In the dark of that cold winter night, Garberville seemed very quiet and provincial. I didn't think too much about it. The next morning, we walked down Main Street to find a cafe to eat and get a look at this little Northern California village in the light of day. It seemed small, slightly quaint, and fairly unremarkable. I wanted to tell you the name of the cafe we went to eat breakfast at, but I couldn't remember it, so I went to look it up online. But while I was doing that, I became distracted by Garberville's online presence. Wikipedia said that in the last census count back in 2010, there were just 913 residents. Just below that first Wikipedia hit is TripAdvisor offering information on the top attractions in Garberville. Bicycling, touring the one log house, playing golf at the Bimbo Inn Golf Course, visiting Richardson Grove State Park, shopping at the Blue Moon Gift Shop, or grabbing trinkets at the Legend of Bigfoot. The list goes on and on of things to do in Carverville, but to my amazement, nothing on the first 10 pages of Google, I gave up after that, <laughs> nothing on the first 10 pages of Google tells you anything even remotely accurate as to what this town, Garberville, is really about. Online Garberville looks like all other little tourist towns along the Redwood Highway. Okay, I get it. And so do all the other seasonal tourists. From the months of May to October, these families with kids and older retired folks all come together to eat the free breakfast at the three-star Best Western in Garberville. It's a really very lovely breakfast room overlooking the pool. Older people eat their oatmeal, noisy kids run around making their own waffles, and moms toast bagels for dads who are drinking coffee as they watch the news on the TV in the upper corner of the breakfast room. Nobody even notices or is aware that one or two of the tables are often taken up by stone-cold killers. Yep, <laughs> you heard me. Stone-cold killers. Cartel. Now, mind you, these aren't Latino hippies or road workers. I don't really know if these guys are actual stone-cold killers. I just made that up. <laughs> but I do know these guys were definitely cartel. Make no mistake. I know the difference between a Latino hippie and a cartel member. So many times, I would just sit back like a fly on the wall and watch the weird dynamics of the Garberville Best Western free breakfast. The cartel guys never seem to mind having noise box kids running around all over the place. In fact, they seem to enjoy the kids. I would steal glances of these tough guys smiling to themselves at some kids' antics or interactions with their parents. I swear I could almost feel a longing in these men. These guys never 
never tried to interact or play with the kids, and they never talked to anybody except themselves. Who should we kill today? <laughs> they were quiet and discreet, and the families and retired folk were none the wiser. I actually thought the whole situation was kind of delightful, if not downright ironic. Did these summer tourists ever wonder why there were stern Mexicans eating the free breakfast? Why there were so many babes hanging out at the hotel pool? Or dogs? Oh my gosh, millions of dogs everywhere staying the night at the Best Western? No, they did not. Yawn. <laughs> Down a block or two from the Best Western is the Eel Cafe. I knew that. How could I forget? The Eel Cafe, the one where we ate breakfast that very first morning in Garberville. This cafe, which was named after the Eel River, which runs through the town. The Eel Cafe is the quintessential American cafe. It's decorated with an eclectic collection of ceramic cows hanging from the walls and serves up the typical breakfast of bacon and eggs, toast, sausage, jam and tiny peelback boxes. Whatever you do, don't order the poached eggs. That was an inedible train wreck. Just stick to the menu, Trini Lou. If you're paying attention, you'll hear snippets of conversations of drug deals going down over the first cup of coffee. Now we're talking. If you want to know what the real reason for Garberville's existence is, just go get breakfast at the Eel Cafe. We can now move on to an awareness of more telltale signs. What about all those gangs of homeless hippies with their dogs milling around up and down Main Street? Actually, they're not homeless. They're just waiting for their rides to come pick them up to take them up to the mountain. These are the people who will be farming and harvesting the product you buy as an end user. If you're a weed smoker, you should always be nice to a hippie. The world's a better place because these hippies got up in the morning. <laughs> Can't find a decent place to eat at night in Garberville? Good. If I told you where it was, I'd have to kill you. But it starts with a C, and they serve pretty good Cajun shrimp, clams in white wine sauce, gumbo, and Louisiana champagne. The last time I was there, there was a live jazz band playing in the bar. This top secret place is quite used to kingpins laying down hard, cold cash for a 10-person open bar mill. Even if I told you the name of this restaurant, you'd still never be able to even find it. It's hiding right there in town in plain sight, right there for God and everyone to see, but you still won't be able to find this hidden dark corner. If I thought the deal-making was big at the Il Café, the deals made in this place make the Il Café look like dime-bag transactions. But don't be fooled by cartel presence or swanky Cajun food. One block off Main Street, there's a Nacho Mamas that witnesses its own share of deal-making. 
I was on TripAdvisor one day and I ran across uh, an irate customer who trashed the hell out of Nacho Mamas. This indignant customer was going to tell everyone how horrible Garberville Nacho Mamas was and she was never coming back again. No one else should either. She gave him a half a star. Oh, okay, honey, you do that. That's not really the point of Nacho Mama's or any other place in this town. I've been to Nacho Mama's plenty of times, and it's pretty good Mexican fast food. What was this princess expecting? For a town that only has 918 people in the census count, there sure was a lot of action going on. I mean, I think it's got at least four intersections, two pool halls, a hopping nail salon, and a few really cute clothes boutiques. Who do you think frequents those boutiques and the nail salon? I know one girl who did. She was related to my son. I bought Trey's girlfriend a really pretty long sleeve sweater for cool fall nights up on the farm. You know what that little diva said to me when I gave it to her? I'm not a hipster girl, Mama Bear. I said to her, what you meant to say, Missy, is thank you. Some people's kids. <laughs> of all the times I've been to Garberville, I have never could get used to the fact that Humboldt Sheriff's Office was tucked into the back corner of the Best Western Hotel. I was like, what? The hotel was almost always full every night in the growing season. But even during the off season, the hotel was pretty full of brokers and couriers coming to get product for their distributors back home year round. In the Emerald Triangle, lots of industry people pretty much do their business in front of God and everyone in broad daylight. Being from Utah, I found that astonishing. <laughs> to make matters worse, all this was happening right there by the sheriff's office. I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't know. Garberville is where the stinky cat bookstore is. Remember I told you about that place? That was one of my favorite places. I scored so many cool books from there. I loved the big, friendly dog and entitled cat that hung out on the French sofa. In spite of the fact that we live in a digital age, this analog 20th century bookstore may stay in business a lot longer than other bookstores around the nation because a lot of boys have nothing to do in their spare time up on the mountain. Remember, there's no internet, TV, or sometimes no electricity for that matter. So many of them resort to good old-fashioned entertainment, reading books. When farmers would come down to the mountain for supplies or whatever, some of them would stop at the bookstore and pick up books. I always brought Trey big grocery paper sacks of books that I had finished reading when we would bring the money out. Then he would pass the books on to the other boys on the farm when he was done with them. Reading books and listening to battery-operated NPR radio are some of the great downtime activities up on the mountain. Another phenomenal place to spend the time while we were waiting on the brokers 
was directly across the Redwood Highway in the sister town called Redway, which was roughly a fourth bigger than Garberville. These two places were practically the same town that is simply sliced in half by the Redwood Highway. Garberville's on the east side and Redway's on the west side. And like Garberville, Redway was another underrated little village nearly swallowed up by Redwoods and Douglas firs. In a bit of a hidden spot, right in the middle of Redway, is an Asian antique store that had the feel of an Asian market or even a Buddhist temple. It was rarely open, but when it was, I was always so delighted. How I loved this little vortex that smelled of candles and incense. There were Persian and Tibetan hand-woven carpets stacked in velvet blocks at the entrance of the shop. Numerous, big, three-feet-high bronze statues of Shiva dancing on the fortified shelves, equally as big, detached Buddha bronzes meditating peacefully as they waited to be adopted by their owners. Littered among the big statues were beautiful crystals, lots of little statues of Ganesha, the elephants, and other many unknown Hindu gods. There were brightly colored purses, jewelry, and ceramics. It was an exotic, eclectic bazaar. I could have spent all day in this shop, and some days I did. Really, you've never seen Asian antiques of this caliber except in high-end antique stores in big cities like L.A., San Francisco, New York City, or Hong Kong. What this shop was doing out in the middle of nowhere in a remote place like Redway, California is beyond me. On the furthest northern exit of Garberville was the road to get up to the Utah Weed Territory, Bell Springs Road. Again, there was lots of climbing and switchbacks to get to where we were going deep into the Pacific Coastal Mountain Range. These mountainous county roads were very, very dangerous, not only because most of the time these narrow railless roads were only one lane, but also because of the kind of people who were driving on them. Crazed-ass boys like my kid Trey. As these roads and blind curves switched back and forth and roller coastered up and down, signposts along the way were riddled with bullet holes. Parts of the roads that were lucky enough to have paved asphalt were smeared with crazy tire skid marks up and down the mountain. As a mother, I found these telltale signs to be deeply disconcerting. Often, Bob and I would be driving along when suddenly we had to come to a screeching halt, kicking up huge clouds of dust, narrowly missing a head-on with another car. One day, we were driving directly behind Trey when suddenly an oncoming car skidded off into a ravine, missing Trey's truck by inches. The guy got out and cussed up a storm at this young whippersnapper driving at the speed of death on his county roads. Oh, I talked to Jeff about Trey's encounter later. He just laughed out loud and said to me, this only happens like three times a day on these roads up here. I felt sick. To the last day Trey resided up on the mountain, I never ceased from deep worry about somebody on our crew getting into a terrible head-on, especially on weekend nights.
When we were hanging out in Garberville, we were almost always going to pick up a load from the magician and his older brother up on Bell Springs Road. When the magician's brother was out of product, this whiz kid helped Trey broker from other people in the vicinity. The magician was a tall, lanky boy who was as beautiful on the inside as he was the outside. He was quick to smile and laugh and it was a lot of fun. He had a sensitive soul and was easy to talk to because he was a good listener. I always thought Magic missed his true calling in life, making millions being a supermodel. <laughs> he had exquisitely high cheekbones, soulful china blue eyes, fringed with impossibly long eyelashes and sun-kissed shaggy hair. Magic was raised in an LDS family of eight kids and had that genuine kind style that Mormons are so well known for. Although Magic wasn't a true Mormon believer anymore, obviously, <laughs> he was an adamant advocate that cannabis was a healing medicine and always referred to the product as medicine. He had a very close friend living with him that had cancer who was treating his symptoms with cannabis between chemo treatments. We even gave this guy a ride down to the mountain to get to his chemo treatments one night. Like almost everyone else he knew, Trey met Magic when he was in high school. They loved to skateboard together. When Trey wanted to make a buy, the two of them would ride tracks, that's the train in Salt Lake City, up to the highest part of the city, the University of Utah. Then they would tear down the city streets on their skateboards to downtown and finally exchange backpacks, product, and money. It was always fun before business with those two. Magic was about three years older than Trey. Later, after high school, Magic went out to the Emerald Triangle to help his older brother with their cannabis farm. When Trey began brokering, of course, he often used Magic to help our crew procure product from Utah growers, Magic's brother being one of the main connections. Some of the main summer attractions in these parts were activities like camping and socializing at the annual Reggae on the River just south of Garberville and Redway the first weekend in August. Then, of course, there was the annual Kate Wolf Music Festival every June in Laytonville, featuring live artists such as the oldies, but goodies, John Hyatt and Jim Messina. This year's roster featured an illustrious women's band called the Hefferbells. The Hefferbells. I would have loved to have heard them with a name like that. Hefferbells. Don't you think you would have to at least go give them a listen? I would think you'd have to be fairly thin and have some pretty good self-esteem to joke around with a name like that. Another great activity for the late season trimmers, farmers, and county locals was the local Halloween party up at Harris's General Store. Harris's General Store is located on the very top of the mountain of Bell Springs Road. Many Utahns hooked up at this bonfire party that acted as a type of Utah annual reunion that was held the last Saturday of October. It seemed like a fun party, but we never got to go to because we were always participating in our own Salt Lake burner shenanigans. But we frequented the Harris General Store many times as we waited around for Magic and Trey to return with info on loads we were going to pick up. Sometimes Magic would cook us a meal of bacon and eggs that he had gotten from Harris General Store, 
and other times we'd go grab a sandwich there. This distinctly unmodern store with its creaky old wooden floors sells canned goods, cold pop, plenty of beer, candy, and also has an outside stockyard of building materials and nursery goods. Another kind of unusual phenomenon up on the mountain above Garberville are the turnouts, but not because people don't use them. Not only do the drivers use them, they park at them for an hour. As we drove up and down Spy Rock Road and Bell Spring Roads, we passed lots and lots of guys parked in their trucks talking on cell phones in the turnouts. Why would they be doing that? Because they're not actually turnouts, but vortexes of cell phone reception. When Trey was lonely, he would go to one of these spots on the mountain near the farm and call me or anyone else he wanted to connect with. Life can get really lonely over the summer as the boys worked hard, hung out with only boys, and had no TV, internet, or contact with the outside world. To me, NorCal was a mixture of 60s hippie liberalism, spiritual new age, and hipster masculinity imposed on a spectacularly beautiful landscape of redwoods, pine, and oak trees, coastal mountains, and fog. Mixed into this soup was red-hot summers full of 100-degree temperatures and wildfires everywhere. All along county roads in the Emerald Triangle were fire gauge signs warning county dwellers how bad the fire possibilities were for the week. With numerous warnings, they advised people to be sure to keep a 100-foot berth of defensible space around their properties. It was very important to keep dry grass and weeds around their private roads and homes trimmed down, nice and short, in case a fire broke out nearby. I remember the summer of 2015 when the entire county of Mendocino was on fire. Skies were green and gray with angry smoke. You couldn't even see the sun. People had terrible headaches from the fires. Nearby hills lit up volcano orange at night. Fiery grass and trees on the side of the county roads jumped across the road to the next hill. We drove loads out of that incendiary hell hole. Boys packed emergency bags of valuable items in case the radio announcer told them they had to evacuate immediately. Oh gosh, again, I could go on and on about Garberville, and maybe I will as the episodes continue. But for now, I need to call it a night, kids. Be careful out there. If you ever happen to stop in Garberville on a Friday evening, go to the farmer's market and buy a glass of turmeric lemonade. It's the best. Then head on over to the pool hall. That's a really fun place too. And if you really want to be cagey, you'll sloth out where that super secret Cajun restaurant is. And of course, whatever you do. <laughs> Don't know anything I would do. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye-bye.